I'm Brent Leary. I'm Paul Greenberg. We are the CRM players, and you are looking live. Wait a minute. I just went into Brent Musburger. Remember <laughs> what he, he used to You keep he, doing that. You keep mixing up Brents. You know, it's hard being a Brent out there, man. It's, <laughs> I tell you. Especially a Brent that's a Los Angeles Rams fan, I tell you right now. Well, apparently the Rams don't care. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they really don't. Anyway, it is Blur's Day. I was going to say right. Thursday, but it's another Blur's Day, another CRM Players Weekly for the one millionth consecutive week. That's we're we're here. We're here for you. And you nailed the number this time too. A million and two. <laughs> we're here for you. Mainly because we're afraid to go out anywhere. <laughs> hey, Sven. How you doing, buddy? But, hey, it is another great Thursday, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got a guest coming up uh, a little, like, halfway through the show. Gives us a chance to talk. This is, like, one of the first times it's just been you and me for at least the first half of the show for yeah. a while. Well, we got, we got actually a bunch of stuff to actually go over Uh this, I, I think, at least modestly interesting. <laughs> well, at least for us. Anybody yeah. else out there? You know. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we you know we got some uh, got some news. You're going to give us an update on BYO. I was going to say BYOB. It is BYOB. BYOB. Right. Band. Get an update on that. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what happened yesterday. A first for us that happened yesterday. Yeah. We did a special CRM Players segment with uh, one of our buddies, John Hernandez. We've known John for years. Now he's recently rejoined Genesis. And uh, we'll play a couple of clips from that. They're doing some interesting things. But we'll also point you to where you can hear the whole segment because I thought it was pretty good. I was a little nervous there for a second because I thought for a second there, I remember John being a fan of a football team that I, I didn't necessarily like. And I was, I was hoping, for, I was really hoping it wasn't the Pats. And thank God it wasn't. It was the Raiders. So I, I, we were able to move forward and press forward. Yeah, you can live with. I mean, you can live with anybody but the Pats, right? Basically, heard the most. Even the Niners. I, you know, I don't care about them anymore. Ooh, uh, Sven, that- wait a minute. What is? What? All right, Sven. Uh, you know, you just throw a bomb out there like that, and and once again, we, make sure we get her name right. It's L Nicole. L Nicole France. <laughs> So it's not yeah. Nicole, Germany or Paris, <laughs> France, and L. Nicole. That's right. So he throws that little teaser out there. Now it's like, what did what happened? What did, what Maybe did we'll have some breaking news from Sven. We'll see. <laughs> our our uh, foreign correspondent, Sven. <laughs> Sven, yes, sir. All right. So before uh, let's go into the update of what took place yesterday because it was a, it was a happy hour. And it was a different kind of happy hour for us. This was uh, the first time that we opened up the half hour, half hour, the happy hour to uh, to folks who were not on the call, but just uh, wanted to see what people were talking about on the happy hour call. And from all that I heard from the folks, everybody seemed to like it. What do you think? Yeah, no, it was interesting because we were live. I mean, usually, of course, like anything else, we're all sitting there and yakking and drinking behind the scenes. Um Although it sounded much, when I say drinking, it sounds way, let's say, more debauched <laughs> than what it really is. It's mostly drinking water and tea right? yeah, no. and, and Diet Coke, right? <laughs> so no Pepsi. That's like the Patriots in those happy hours. So there it is. Um, 
This one was live. We actually deliberately took in all the uh, all the people who were on the uh, waiting list, so we had more than the usual fifteen. And uh, thanks to uh, Eric Pozel from uh, CRM Northwest, just led into this spirited discussion that um, that was just it went the whole time, right? And why don't you give some people a kind of view on that one? Yeah. So typically, at least. The last couple of uh, happy hours, either you or I would, you know, after we get through the introductions and, and quite honestly, uh, those introductions, I think the record was just going for people introducing themselves. The record was like an hour. Yeah. So the happy hour is actually taken up by just doing the introduction. Well, kind of they go an hour and a half. So, but yeah. But right. one of the big things that uh, I think we might have learned yesterday is that people on the call itself were like hey you know what this was great mainly because we didn't spend an hour <laughs> introducing each other especially because most of the people already know each other so we were able to kind of get right into it uh right into the discussion really early and and traditionally it's you or i that will throw out a question out and then if people would run with it we didn't even get a chance to do that because our buddy easy ed schlesinger i like calling him easy ed could be either Easy Ed or Special Ed, but I like Easy Ed a little better. Uh, Ed, I think, jumped the gun on us. First of all, he, Ed was doing it from like on location uh, on a special assignment to help the family out. But he, he, even while doing that, he's he's joining the happy hour crew and and throwing out a question. I think it was Ed that started. No, it was well. Eric who threw out the question, but it was oh. Ed who answered it. Okay, so Ed I jumped right in. Jumped <laughs> immediately in. What was that question? What what kicked was, off? Because well, it was an hour long discussion. I, you know what? I don't remember the exact way he phrased the question, but the ultimate discussion was basically, it was kind of a traditional question, really. You know, and it was CRM based, which was even more interesting. Which was, you know, look, there's a lot of companies out there. They all want to. Um, there's a lot of companies who are looking to implement CRM. A lot of them don't do it very well. A lot of them do it poorly. There's a lot of factors that go into this kind of how do you deal with all these factors right and i'll tell you what it it was amazing because what we found from the discussion was if you took the let's say the the um the group think so to speak uh the the enormity of the number of factors that went into it and there were discussions going on from you know the core kind of implementation thinking to behavioral economics you know um really really saw the level of impact and the nuance of the of the actual implementation and its potential success or failure and it really ended up going well beyond that as a theme but it always stayed within the theme of sort of the practical side of taking care of business a very tactical kind of discussion or a strategic discussion on tactical issues around how do you actually execute successfully when it comes to anything customer facing is kind of what went on Yes, yes, it was. I mean, I was, I was, you know, since we were doing this live stream thing, I was kind of preoccupied, like trying to make sure everything was working. I don't think I was missed at all because, because the, the conversation just flowed. Everybody was getting in and there and, and sharing and going back and forth. And I thought it was just really cool that, 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 uh, we actually all we did really was hit the start button. Yeah. Sat back. I remember I remember I sent you a private chat note saying, This is great. I don't think I have to say anything. 
Yeah, it's like autonomous happy hour all of yeah. a sudden. It's like we we didn't have to do That's a thing; right. just like hit a button, and then it was off to the races. And, That's and right. uh, yeah, you're minding production and direction, and I'm drinking BAI Zambia cherry. I right. don't know what Alan was talking about. What did I do? With oh, it? when you, you oh yeah, screen you went to which went into the infinity, <laughs> infinity yeah, that's, screens. That's a str- a streamyard uh, feature, I guess. Yeah. I was gonna say function. right. It's a banner. <laughs> I'm not sorry, sorry, Alan. You you're not gonna see that again. Ever again, ever again, <laughs> ever again, ever again, ever again. <laughs> All right, should I, I guess we just have to circle back around this Finn because he yeah. he filled in the secret. No. Well, we are we knew she was a pilot. We are. This was literally no secrets, fan. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We were waiting for this breaking news, man. We know she has an analytical mind, and we knew that she was a pilot. Although I like your, uh, I like your way of putting it, though, Sven. Hard yeah. Interview. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. All right, there it is. All right. Well, thanks, Sven, for really the non-breaking news, but we but appreciate, we appreciate it. it nonetheless. <laughs> we appreciate it nonetheless. Your phrasing is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. His penmanship. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. Your <laughs> mental penmanship. Your verbal penmanship is fantastic. <laughs> it is great. All right. All right. So let's do this. It's time for the BYOB update. All right. So as you all know, we are initiating producing. Well, we're not producing it. I guess we're. What are we doing? <laughs> we're sponsoring it. We're. Where Maybe it's going to be an autonomous contest as well. Maybe we just say like stuff and then right. people do all the work. You know, the idea is CRM players present. We are presenting. There it is. CRM players presents. There it is. Players Productions presents <laughs> the BYOB 2020. Bring your own band 2020. I'm not going to go through the history. Just watch past ones. You'll see the history on those. But right now, as of yesterday, we have. I'll say 12 corporate bands who are verbally committed. And there's only really one who was still waiting on a second verbal commitment, but I will, we're going to include them as a committed band. So here, here's who we have right now committed to BYOB 2020 Pegasystems, Zoho, Salesforce, Oracle, Episerver, Freshworks, Exactly, Pros, ServiceNow, NextJ, Elements.Cloud, and SAP are all in. We well, have- there's a stipulation for Freshworks. They know what the stipulation is. Alan knows what the stipulation is. Okay. Okay. They're the only ones with the stipulation, though. <laughs> <laughs> Already operating in trouble. They're in trouble from day one. Now, <laughs> the, the fascinating thing about this is that First of all, I was on a call today with one of the um, companies who are involved for something else. And uh, they told me that there are about 10, 10 messages passing back and forth a day on the band every day, right? There's an actual thread that they've set up for the band members to start working on what they're doing. That's how important it is. Another one of the um, players in this, uh, in this uh, competition has told me that they are committed to winning whatever it takes. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, and here's the thing. If you look at the 12 companies committed, there's a number of professional singers, vocalists, and instrument uh, instrumentalists 
who are in there. For example, um, I found out today from the same company, uh, one of the one of the instrumentalists in their band used to be on uh, a, a, one of the band members of Saturday Night Live, right? So, yeah, so we're, we're doing some serious pros here. So we also know of at least two professional opera singers. I don't know how they're going to play in this thing. One of them was a C-level executive who was going to be involved. We also know that there's at least two professional music and, and video producers who are, meaning they did it outside the companies that they're in now, who are going to be involved in producing the videos. I mean, they're going all in. This has become serious matter. One company was a little unsure of their participation, so they put the word out because uh, the original band that they thought was still together was no longer together. They put the word out, and they told me in a note today that um, that we have to literally choose who's going to be in it because so many people want to be part of this. So, yeah. And I actually heard some stuff too. I mean, there, there's some talk about it. So, it, you know, the creativity is totally up to, to you know, the, the groups here. And it's, it's not just the creativity of the music itself. It's how it's presented and the accoutrements that go with it. There's some, there's some thought about the, I heard the word puppets come up. Yeah. Time. Puppets, we've heard dancers. Dancers, maybe even some jugglers. I don't know. It's going to be uh, <laughs> maybe, I think a, maybe a mime or two might be a part of this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? But so, two hints. Maybe what we'll do is every week we'll give two hints on what makes this work. What will Mike make Poison? Look at that. I haven't heard from Mike in a while. Good There's to hear. No, from. too old on American Idol, my friend. Or on America. you know what? Go on America's Got Talent then. Um, so two hints. Two hints. Hint one. Um, you have the option of doing original songs, covers, whatever you want. However, if you're smart, you'll be thinking more toward covers than originals. Take the shot with originals because the that's high risk, high reward. But here's the problem you're going to have. One. If you do an original, not as the music got to be good, but the song has to be good. The <laughs> are, if you're doing a cover, the song's already good, at least by most people's standards. And I, the song's already good. But so there, you just got to make sure the music's good. So yeah. hint one is recognize that if you pull off an original, that's going to count. But you really got a lot to do with pull one off. And hint two, to Brent's point, Video production is going to matter here since this is all videos, right? So don't just feel that you can find some old band video that your company did and throw it in. It ain't working. If we see a video of a live performance, I guess we should make this clear. If we see a video of a live performance that was done prior, it's going to be disqualified. Yeah. And let me give you the last hint for all the folks who are entered here. Paul's hit one is correct. I mean, you can, you know, you can do original music. You can, you know, do a hit. But I'll tell you, I would strongly encourage you. I would strenuously encourage you not, I repeat, not to do a Prince song. I'm just saying, if you really want to win, stay away from Prince. Other than that, I'm good. With one exception. Prince is still alive and he's in your band. 
That's yeah, if you if, if there's like a, a dude that works at your company and his first name just so happens to be Prince, okay. But just don't do don't let the Prince guy at your company do a Prince song. That's all I have to say on that. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly where I got the idea, Alan, from all of those shows. Simon Cowell and I are like this. Yeah. Well, I hope not because he just broke his broke back. His back, I know. Well, listen, yeah. I got a pinched nerve in my side, lower back, so clearly we're pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how many how many folks are confirmed have actually submitted? No, as far as the well, see, I'm not taking some of the registrations that have come are coming because it's a deadline that's coming up, but I'm not going to hold people to that. So really, there's only one company that's actually submitted a complete, absolutely complete registration. Um, the others, are some, a lot of the other ones are submitted partial. So mm. The reality is this. As long as you're verbally committed, we'll trust you for it and you go to work and do your thing. But what we're going to need by the time that we really start getting to the you know, acceptance of the videos is a registration form. And I'll, we'll send a note to everybody. A registration form with... Um, everything necessary, including the songs you're going to sing. There's no last minute ad hoc song, right? We have to know what you're going to sing. And if there's a change, we have to be informed of the change. Okay. So that, because there is some company that's sort of saying they might do something at the last minute. That's not actually fine without our knowledge. So, and then finally, just so you know, there are four under, uh, three other companies uh, considering it right now that we have no confirmations from yet. And that would give us, if they all say yes, and I don't think they all will, but if they all say yes, that would give us 15, which is where we had at least our original limit, and we'll probably stop there. Yes, and and so let's stop there on the BYOB. (laughs) Real quick, I wanted to dispel a rumor that came up about us. I think I'm responsible for the rumor. So everybody's talking about TikTok, right? I mean, everybody's uh, trying to speculate on who's buying them. Uh, Is Microsoft going to buy them? Was Apple in the race? What about Twitter? So I just want to let folks know that we had held some talks, meaning CRM players had held some talks about uh, whether we should buy uh, TikTok. And they they were serious talks until I realized that Oh, wait, you didn't mean tic tacs. I <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know, uh, out of our, our talks, one of our players in residence made a really good point. I don't know if he could see this or not, but Ginger, Ginger Conlin is like, hmm, might want to wait till this whole TikTok Google data issue, which brought up the Google data issue. I mean, why in the world would anybody buy this right now with? some of the stuff that was going on. Do you think now that this kind of stuff is starting to come out, do you think Microsoft is still as interested in buying TikTok? Hmm. Uh, I'd say this. I, I don't. So the answer is no. Well, I, let's say this. I, I think they're more cautious. I don't think they're dropping the idea because ultimately there has to be some resolution of that, whatever. I don't know what the tactic was that they used. Um, I didn't read the article, but look, ultimately, anytime there's potential legal issue of substance involved 
which would in, which would potentially impact the operations of the potential ac acquisition. If I'm the company, I go on hold until that's solved, right? Yeah. Um, and so if I'm Microsoft, whether they're holding back or not at the moment, I would. Uh, and wait till, I, again, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know how easy it is to resolve. Having a clue. But when you get that kind of public, you know, public uh-oh, then you say uh-oh yourself and step back. It said that they were uh, the tactic which experts in mobile phone security said was concealed through an unusual added layer of encryption appears to have violated Google policies. The somehow around they were they were trying to skirt. I think it had something to do with the like Android and the the actual OS for Android. Trying to oh here it is. The identifiers collected by TikTok called MAC addresses are most commonly used for. Advertising purposes, the White House has said it was worried that user data could be obtained by the Ch Chinese government and used to build detailed dossiers on individuals for blackmail or espionage. Well, yeah, sounds, that doesn't sound good. No, um, it sure doesn't. It sounds pretty seriously bad. So, jeez, I, mean, I don't think I want to touch that at this point. No. But I, does that, does Microsoft need to touch? I mean, why why would they? I, I wouldn't touch. That. I've never seen this as like. TikToks look. TikTok to me is still just a phenomenon. It's not a. It's not. There's so many of those. Just say this. It either ends up, you know, in the long term, if it ends up like Instagram, yeah, then there may be a good reason to buy it, even though maybe out of their price range by that time. Um, at this point, to me, it's a it's a phenomenon that's been really really uh, pushed forward by the pandemic, right? And uh, you know, but. It's like the QBs and the, these short, you know, every, short. What was that one that um, that would disappear after our Snapchat, right? Oh, right. After 12 seconds. Snapchat's around, but it's no longer the phenomenon it was because people are moving off to other things. And TikTok, at, at, the, my, at least for me at this moment in its history, is kind of like Snapchat early on. Phenomena, phenomenon that could go absolutely nowhere potentially or settle into something less or end up in Instagram, right? It, there's no telling where the, place, the thing is going and there's no indicators and nobody could convince me otherwise that there's some way of deciding its fate now. So given that Microsoft would be pretty much required because of everything else, well, on the one hand, they may be required to pay an inflated price. On the other hand, they may be able to get it for almost nothing if it's going to actually be banned by the government otherwise, right? So the, the uh, TikTok uh, ownership might want to sell, not fire sale, but cheaper than they ordinarily would have. So I, I, I but it, does Microsoft need it? God, no. Yeah, this is, it's really, I mean, I'm just, I highlighted the, the, the piece here. Skirted a privacy safeguard in Android's operating system to collect unique identifiers from millions of mobile devices, data that allows the app to track users online without allowing them to opt out. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> okay, Microsoft, just forget it for now. I mean, you got to think about this, and this is probably a conversation for another day. To me, if you going into knowing all of this and then still buying this, what does that say about your commitment to, you know, customers experience not just 
data privacy, the customer experience, because uh, this is for a longer discussion at some other point, customer experience and data privacy, data privacy is becoming a much more important part of the customer experience. And when you buy something that is from a company that is doing stuff like this, what does that say to your commitment to customer experience by way of data privacy? Well, ultimately, you're dealing with issues of trust always, you know, and how can you trust the company that's willing to acquire somebody that's violating your actual privacy and ignoring your actually ignoring your wishes, too? I mean, yeah, so, you know, you're probably not going to do well with something like that. And when it boils down to what TikTok does isn't all that amazing either. No, Short but the fact that I mean, this is not just, oh, we made a mistake. This is, oh, we got caught being devious about what we're wanting to do with that data. That's a whole other ball game for me. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Microsoft, forget it, okay? Do me a favor. <laughs> yes, and we, and we will do the same. We are going to remove our offer. Right, immediately. <laughs> and I, and I, it's too bad because I really like Wintergreen. <laughs> I really do. But so we, uh, I see our guest is in the green room. We gotta. We only have a couple of minutes before we were originally going to bring him on. I think we should bring him on and then do a finish with what we have with Genesis because okay. I don't want to. I don't want to keep Raj waiting any longer than we have to, and I want to give time to to go over some of the things that Genesis is doing. So, with right. that said, there's the man. Raj, how you doing? Good to see you. Greetings, greetings, and salutations. Where now? I'm so where are you now? Wait a minute. Is it greetings and salutations? We're getting I, both. I mean, I'm throwing both in there. <laughs> <laughs> and a tic tac. <laughs> are you back, are you sure you don't want to announce any big news about what's going on with pipe drive and tic tac? You know, <laughs> <laughs> after our diatribe, you, you want to do that? Uh, <laughs> He's he's he, that that clock is ticking. <laughs> no pun intended. He made a phone call while we were while he was in the green room saying cancel the offer. <laughs> right, that's chump change. I think it's ironic though that uh, that they violated TikTok, uh, TikTok violated Google's tracking policy or privacy policy. Right, it, it, it's a little bit of the fox in the hen house, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Hot it really is. <laughs> yeah. I, so, Raj, yeah, you are the recently the recently named CEO of PipeDrive. Came from. Well, first, before we get to it, why don't you tell people a little bit about your history? Because I, I have some very specific questions I want to ask you about that, and some of it goes to not just PipeDrive, but to kind of. You and we'll, we'll get to it though. You'll you'll enjoy it. <laughs> so, fill people in a little bit about yourself, though. Yeah, I, you know, I think for for this audience, uh, certainly my last ten and a half years are probably most relevant, which is which was spent at Zoho, and um, you know, it was just a a great run, huge opportunity for me and. You know, I, I leave, uh, as you know, a great company with great individuals that, um, you know, it, it's an experience of a lifetime. Uh, I had the opportunity to work on uh, both of their major divisions, their IT management division, and help grow that. 
And then uh, on the Zoho side, uh, the zoho.com side, if you want to refer to it as that with the business applications, really kind of saw that through its inception all the way to, you know, the great work that they're doing now. So uh, just like I said, it's just an incredible run. Uh, enjoyed it immensely. A lot of respect for those guys. When did you start actually at Pipedrive? I started at the beginning of June at Pipedrive. Brand new. Yeah. So, yeah. So, also the uh, the element of uh, starting a new role, starting as the CEO of a company in the middle of a pandemic. So, I don't know if you've had too many interviews with people uh, in in that type of situation, but that's been that's been interesting. And Paul, I mentioned to you, one of the first things I did is I came over to Estonia, which is really the roots of uh of pipe drive and so you know traveling getting here uh during the pandemic was was really interesting but while i'm here you know uh to to make you all a little bit jealous you know there's there's no covid here knock on wood wow. and so you know i get off the plane and i see people you know no masks hugging high fives shaking hands and i'm I'm like freaked. I'm like, what is going on in this place? <laughs> and <laughs> come come to find out, there's no there's no COVID here, and wow. it's not by happenstance. I mean, they they did the right things. This is a really uh, a very advanced country. It's uh, steeped in technology in terms how it uh, pulled itself up after the breakup of the Soviet Union and and they gain their independence. They, they really leverage technology to grow their economy, uh, put services in place uh, that, that make it a, a really a first-class nation. It is. I, I'll tell you, honestly, I, my wife and I spent some time there, part of a cruise we were on a few years ago. And I'll tell you what, it was one of the highlights of the cruise. I mean, first of all, I've never seen a, one of the things I always recommend to anyone who hasn't been is just coming, and I'm sure you, well, I don't know, presuming it's open, I'm sure you've seen it then, is to just go to the National Museum in Tallinn. It's just amazing because this is a country that sings to fight. That's how they fight. They sing. And I'm not kidding when I say that. It's not, it's, it's an astounding country of these remarkable people who are totally, literally just brave. And at the same time, understand the value of culture at a level that I almost never see anywhere else. And it's just an amazing place to just hang in. It's a, it's a chill country too, which is the other thing that's astounding. We were, um, we were sitting in this cafe eating out outdoors and it's crowded and busy. And we're talking to some a couple other people we ran into from the cruise and coming, still never forget, sitting next to me right, uh, was this, and Yvonne with this, um, this two guys, and they're both wearing like brown, oh, I think it was brown Yankee hats. So I, I they Dan they were both Danish as it turned out. So I look at them and I go, oh, uh, Yankees fans, and they go, who's that? <laughs> they had no idea. It was just a fashion statement, <laughs> the fashion statement in Estonia and Denmark, right? So uh, right, but the but the yeah. people, it's a room. Look, it is, it's a highlight country. It's a, it's a country that I absolutely think people should 
visit and when the opportunity represents, you know, represents itself. All right. But that, you know, kind of what you said kind of goes to my actual question too, which was, look, you've, you had a very good position at Zoho and, you know, Zoho, you're there, you'll be there as long as you want to be. Um, Zoho, one of the, I remember uh, Shridhar at a, uh, you, I think you were probably there at the time, uh, you were, uh, at the uh, Analyst Summit, said he's fired two people in 25 years. Now, I don't know if that's strictly true, but that's an indicator of how the company thinks, right? And so you could have just stayed and been comfortable and done well and be happy there. But instead, you go to a company that, A, as you said, is in Estonia and you have to get there. B, actually is in a very kind of oddly difficult position because they're, con they're a contender with a good product, but they're up against companies that not only are in the same realm, but have similar names like Pipeliner and Pipeline. I mean, you know, who <laughs> do approximately the same thing, right? Not exactly, because you have some distinct differences from them. But you're dealing with even uh, awareness issues and, you know, a company that, has serious ambition, but there's no guarantee you're going to, I mean, look, I think you'll succeed, but there's never a guarantee of those things. And so you, in other words, you're going from a, a fairly low risk situation where you could produce well to a much higher risk situation where you can potentially produce well, well, and probably will, but you don't, you don't know that, right? You already had 10 years to verify that you could at Zoho. So why? Yeah, you know, it, it really is all relative. I mean, as you're saying that, Paul, I think back to 10 and a half years ago when I joined Zoho and, you know, yeah, I, I joined, I was going to say I joined as president. I actually became president within the first year of, of joining. But, you know, that was a little bit hollow at the time, right? And, and a little bit uh, unknown, very unknown. You know, hey, we're going to build some cloud apps and, you know, we're going to build a CRM and we're going to go against Salesforce. And, you know, it, it was it was pretty questionable at the, at the time as well. So I think it's a little bit relative. I would say with the references to Pipeliner and and things like that, you know, the original pipeline view was developed by Pipedrive. And it's funny, I know there's many a company that are still copying that format, that UI, um, because it really reflects, it's, it's reflective of the sales process. And so you're seeing that come in. So there's some real innovation there. And, um, you know, I think you know this as well. It's, it's been uh, wildly accepted, uh, I would say. It's got over 90,000 customers. Um, you know, some of the things that I looked at when I looked at Pipedrive was, you know, not only the product and the market fit, but, you know, an indicator that you have to look at is its finances as well. How successful, how profitable, when could they be profitable, you know, those sorts of things. And here you had a SaaS company that, uh, that was profitable, you know, um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're a lot like Zoho in that we're private, uh, so we don't disclose 
the exact details, but it's pretty significant uh, revenue stream as well. I mean, these days we we're um, all over the world. Got eight offices uh, yeah, in North America as well as uh, Europe, and uh, expanding into other locations as well. It's all based on uh, the success of, of the product and the acceptance uh, from its customers. So that's all good. And, um, you know, what's interesting about PipeDrive uh, is that it's also got a set of blue chip venture capitalists, which we would have just, you know, shunned at Zoho. But um, what's interesting here is they've raised, we've raised over $90 million and haven't used a dime of the money. So, you know, we've got a strong balance sheet, uh, a lot more money coming in, you know, month on month, year on year. Uh, so I think we're in a pretty good, pretty healthy position. But fundamentally, what I would say the differentiator is here, Paul, is that, you know, Pipedrive was one of those companies that really took a user perspective of the problem. You know, uh, the way I describe it is we all know CRM is just a gigantic market, right? $40 billion plus. And uh, these days, what? There's about 600 competitors. And their motion was very similar. It was like, hey, you know, here's this huge market. All we need to do is build what Salesforce built and charge less. That's been the strategy for 599 of them, right? Pipedrive took the decidedly different approach and said, you know, we're not going to try to sell to the CEO or the, you know, CRO or uh, even the, the CMO. What we wanted to do is solve the problem for salespeople, make a usable product that helps them close business. And so it's been this viral grassroots kind of growth around Pipedrive. And uh, the, the way that came about is that some of the original founders were, in fact, professional salespeople. To the extent that, you know, uh, Timo Rain, who was the CEO prior to uh, me coming on board, he's now the chairman of the board. He started out his career as a door-to-door -door salesman, <laughs> so I, I, we're talking we're talking grassroots, right? And so, you know, as they got into uh, you know, call it more sophisticated selling, where they're doing you know outbound, inbound selling, they had a mentality of of the sales process, and they wanted to reflect that in a product. So, you know, the the kind of uh, adage that they use is this idea that it's sales tools for salespeople built by salespeople. And it's really true. So let me ask um, you that then. Because, yeah. you know, really, as analysts, you know, Brent and I hear that a lot, right? Although I always find it sort of mixed to hear it because there's nothing wrong with building sales tools also for sales managers, right? I mean, yeah. sales tools, for God's sake. Everyone has a job to do. You make everyone's job better one way or the other. I mean, I, I get it because salespeople historically are paranoia about things. But 
you know, but um, the reality is, I'll, look, when I when I was examining SFA tools all the way back, and I'm talking 15, 20 years ago, the first time I actually saw something that would be valuable to a salesperson was actually Oracle put out a quoting system, right, for mm-hmm. salespeople, right, meaning the salespeople could actually build quotes easily with that system. And it was the first thing I ever saw. I remember writing about this in one of the editions of Serum Speed of Light, in fact. I want to say it was the second. But it was the first time I saw, okay, it's a genuine tool that a salesperson can use and not something the sales manager is using to spy on their pipelines, right? So, but since that time, you know, I've heard to varying degrees, well, we're building it for salespeople. So what is it that you're doing that actually is for salespeople? Like what are some of the actual things that you give to a salesperson that that's designed specifically for them and not necessarily for their, you know, VP? Yeah, it's a great question. So some of the things that, that uh, we've implemented already and expanding upon are, are things like uh, sales assistants that get into sales coaching uh, we kind of impart some of the philosophy that we have on going through a sales process as an example. And, um, you know, it, it's ingrained into the product so that when we see things that salespeople are doing or not doing, we can, we can point out, hey, this process was pretty good. You may want to apply it to this deal as well. Um, Another thing that we're working on is uh, something called deal health checks, right? Where, um, you know, we can take a look at what's happening within a deal, um, kind of rate those deals in terms of uh, a health check. Um, another area is goal management, right? So you have a quota. How am I going to get to that quota? So these are types of things that we both you know, build into the product, but we also kind of uh, impart some of the, the early philosophies of Smart. sales that we've picked up over the years that that go back into the product. So so that's what I mean. And then, you know, the last thing I, w- I would say about that is certainly we've got to bubble up this information for sales management and executives, but it's a, it it really has been approached where we start with the, with the user and trying to enable more sales. How do we get sales done? How do we get it done faster? How do we get more of them? That's fair. Hey, I just wanted to uh, kind of get a little little in a different uh, direction, but having spent so much time at Zoho and they have such a unique culture over there. And I, you know, I, I think I can speak for Paul. It's a culture that uh, it was, it was, Refreshing to see uh, in a lot of ways. Do you see anything that you picked up and learned from uh, the Zoho culture that you would like to integrate into what's going on at Pipedrive? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, through the process and uh, it was a long process in terms of uh, talking with uh, Pipedrive um, something that took over seven months, right, to, to kind of make sure that it was the right fit for, for both sides. And I think, you know, 
one of the things that were was appealing to them is some of the things that we did at Zoho and how we went about it. Not so, not necessarily about bringing certainly IP or uh, you know how to how to build product per se, but how the way we how we went about it, right? Uh, PipeDrive, I would say. Uh, has very similar parallels already, where it's a very humble company, uh, to the point where I think uh, you know, Paul, in your first introduction with them, you kind of remarked, "Man, these guys are a little bit arrogant, right? They're standoffish." And the whole thing is, is that you know, they're they're not a kind of uh, company and organization that's going to beat their chest. You know, it, they let their product do the talking, and uh, in some sense. Like we were in the early years at Zoho, where we just felt like we weren't that good at sales and marketing, and so we were just going to build product, and you know, naively said they will come. Uh, fortunately, they they did at Zoho, but it's a similar approach at uh, at PipeDrive, where there's a lot of humility. Um, I think that's been ingrained in their in their culture over the years as uh, uh, as Estonians. Um, you probably, you know, know through history they've been taken over by countries, been, uh, you know, had independence and then taken over again and again. Um, and so, you know, they're they're a very reserved, cautious uh, culture. And I think, you know, the the kind of things that uh, we did at at Zoho and and the way we did it and. And I'd say personally, my style as well fit uh, fit well with pipe drive. Um, but but yes, uh, you know, uh, beyond that, I think there's uh, a lot that I've learned over the years, Brent. That um, uh, I hope to uh, you know um, use at least as inspiration for some things that we'll do at, at pipe drive as well. So, um, got two final questions for you. All right. Question one is BYOB. That's question two. <laughs> <laughs> You're ahead of me. Just taking copious notes. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little ahead of me. Look, you've got the singing revolution in your on your side there, right? So yeah. Uh, but question one is, all right. So as you said, it's let's call it a quiet, reserved people and a company that's been modestly quiet and reserved also over the years. And meaning, again, goes to my original point about there's been some market confusion at times with other companies with the word pipe into the front name and a name, regardless of distinction. I mean, you are, you know, you obviously have a very, you know, you're actually a very mature company and the, but at the same time now it's time. And one of the reasons you're there, I'm presuming is to kind of bring it out there. Right. So what's to the extent you can talk about it, what's the plan to get it out there? Yeah. So, um, you know, this this is steeped in my roots as well. I think this all starts with product. Right. You've got to have great product. Um, I think we've got uh, what I would say a pipe drive is a great platform to build upon. Uh, and we've got a great customer base that we can go market to. And now we need to just go solve more problems for customers, right? We want them to stay in PipeDrive longer. 
we want to look at the the jobs that they have to accomplish and see how we can self, help solve that. You know, over the years, we've actually built a lot of functionality that, uh, you know, may surprise you into the base CRM, things like management of creation of documents, management of documents, uh, uh, creating content, uh, contracts, quotes, uh, adding signatures, um, all within uh, Pipedrive. Huh. And so, you know, I think that's, that's giving us a great baseline um, to have a platform that is really all inclusive uh, keeps people in the application. You know, the challenge here, I would say, and you, you kind of alluded to it, right? There's, like you said, there's 600 some odd CRM vendors. How do you, how do you, you know, kind of get above the, the fray, get above the chatter and get that message out there, right? I think you were probably even surprised when I mentioned some of the functionality uh, that Pipedrive has natively. There's a lot packed in there, and uh, it is it is a difficult task to differentiate yourself in this very very loud market. So that's a challenge for us. All right. So there's one way you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> we got a band. We got a band. We got a band. You guys want to do it? Uh, we do want to do it. You're gonna we do want to do it. I I'm signing people up already. And um, I'll tell you, you know, when, when you make your next road trip to Sonia, you'll, you'll, you can come out to the pipe drive facility and you'll, you'll come into our, our building and every floor in the current nine floor building has a unique theme. And we do have a, uh, uh, a band uh, floor where we got musical instrument themed uh, rooms. We've got, uh, you know, drums, guitars everywhere. And every evening there's a group of people that are, uh, you know, jamming. Wow. And that's, that's about as cool as I am is to say jamming. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm right there with you, but I'm 70. <laughs> you have no <laughs> So I definitely, I took some, some notes here on uh, BYOD, but, or BYOB, but uh, we definitely want in. All right. So what I'm going to do is, okay, everyone listening in, you heard that. I just want you to know. So Pipe Drive's going up on the official list on LinkedIn. I'm going to be sending you the registration form and the um, rules of engagement. Uh, I'll pop them to, I guess, send them to Mari to give to you, okay? Um, Perfect. And they'll come right after the show. So Raj, thank you. Thank you very much for everything. So it's, it's thanks, Brent. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for being uh, yeah, absolutely. On the show and welcome to uh, welcome to Pipe Drive. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. Take care. Bye, Raj. I was just looking at. Uh, I I spoke to Timo. Hard to believe, man. That's four and a half years ago. Yeah. No, they do. Yeah. They have a actual good product. I remember it. I, I remember them. I look. I can distinguish between them. You can distinguish between them. But you know, the, the, I think Raj. Raj is a kind guy. You know, so and he's a smart guy. And you know, I think. I think they'll get their name out. This is look. He was on the show. That's a start, right? But um, you know, I think this is. Um, it's pipe drives kind of at that 
this is the time for them. And they, they, if they've got, they've got all that capability already. They've got, as he said, 90 million sitting in the bank that they haven't even used, which is amazing. I wanted to borrow a couple of million from them, but I didn't have time to ask. Um, Just go ahead and buy TikTok, man. (laughs) No, he withdrew the offer. Thanks to what we would do. I know. I know. Hey, we, we have only a few minutes because, and I wanted to make sure that we touched on, uh, our, our visit with John Hernandez from uh, Genesis. And so we had a really good de- conversation. We definitely can't play all of it or comment on all of it, but I want to, I want to play two things from that conversation. The first thing is kind of getting, you ask him a question and we'll let that response play. But I think your question gives a lot of insight into not just Genesis, but, what it takes to be a contact center in in the age of digital transformation. And it goes way beyond a contact center. So I'm going to cue you up. This is interesting. So you're going to have to sit back and watch yourself. And <laughs> I do that every day. And then we'll come back on the other side. Sort of like, Paul, what's wrong with yourself? <laughs> Honestly. So if I, if I go back in your history and I look at, you know, the original history of, Genesis, you know, it basically was hardcore kind of company. When I mean, you you associated Genesis with effectively the telecommunications industry, even if it wasn't in it, it didn't even matter. It's yeah. how you started the company, right? Um, now, you've let's say gone from something that was li- effectively left-brained, you know, meaning mechanical and wired, and uh, and to something incredibly right-brained, which is engagement and behavior and experience. And you actually built something, you know, a technology uh, that can support and enhance and sustain and enable that engagement and experience, which, you know, from my perspective, you know, both as, you know, as an analyst watching the market, well, and as a person, you know, engaging all the time, uh, is totally aligned with what the market actually needs at the moment. So... My question is, tell, I mean, can you tell us about both the technology, but also the thinking that went into looking at, you know, Genesis Engage and, and the broader the broader side of it to begin with? You know, why you even decided, okay. You're still talking. I never stopped. <laughs> I thought that was a really interesting way to set up him by kind of giving, I mean, you, you were thinking of Genesis the way you remember them. And I think the way a lot of companies, a lot of people remember them as, you know, call center, contact center, very traditional in, in that, uh, in that area and very good at what they did in that area. But in the modern era, that has, you need to do more and you need to do it in a different way. Is that kind of what you were leading to? That's exactly what I was leading to. All right. So that's good. Perfect. Now I'm going to bring back John and let hear how he responded to that. Because once again, I don't think he would have responded this way five years ago. No. So here it is. If I can only get this thing to work. Here it is. The thing that we are launching this week and what we feel is very unique in the industry is making sure that this is a multi-cloud, multi-vendor type model, meaning 
all companies want choice and flexibility of how they're going to consume the technologies. And so making sure that we have the relationships with, you know, the best cloud infrastructure companies out there, Amazon, Google, um, Microsoft with Azure, um, um, Oracle, um, IBM, right? And through public and private edition type models, those capabilities available to those organizations depending on how they want to consume it. But it doesn't just end there. It, it really is a, an industry-wide initiative of making sure that we're taking all the application uses that we have in there. Workforce management, uh, the capabilities around AI and bots and predictive engagement and, and journey orchestration and all that key rich digital content merged in with the contact center, but then also broadening it across two other big ecosystem areas where we see this industry initiative taking off. The first one is around technology providers, you know, that do AI and bots and, and machine learning like the Googles and the nuances and Microsoft and Amazons of the world. Um, and then workforce management type capabilities for customers that have that preference for another vendor like a Calabrio in that area. So making sure that there's choice among, you know, technology vendors as well. And then the real big one is around go to market and how we enable our system integrator partners like BT and OBS and NTT and Accenture and Aria and Avtex and, you know, Converge One and on and on and on. There's just this big rallying cry in the marketplace that's hungry for the technology that we develop and bring to market every single day, including the consumption models to bring that in to drive that predictive personalized engagement and hone in on the North Star, which again is what we call experience as a service and helping companies achieve you know, the momentum to get there. And so by bringing all these folks together in in an environment where we drive this ecosystem initiative collectively is, is looking to be a really big winning recipe that customers are, um, are really rallying behind. All right. Let me bring you back in. That was, to me, that was really interesting because that didn't sound like anything like what you would have heard a conversation with the call center five, six years ago. No. And you know, I, you remember how that's, kind of the evolution kind of began of those things at first you had the call center and then because other media and or other channels began getting involved with customer service like you know um twitter and you know social media on the one hand or um well i mean let's multiple channels it became it went from call center to become contact center you remember that and yep. um at that point contact center was really just a, a name that they gave it because it was no longer just calls, right? right? And it, but then the KPIs began changing, you know. And I still remember that when all of a sudden, because one of the original KPIs was basically how fast you could get rid of the queue, right? Right. So, right. Um, which had nothing to do with the experience at all. Nothing. Just, time. just hang up on customers a lot, and you'd do really well, right? <laughs> you'll get a raise because right. your time handles are great. Right. You cleared your queue in three minutes, and you had four hundred customers. So click, 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 click. Now we only have 200 customers, but you got rid of it quick. <laughs> Permanently 200. So, um, you know, and so all the KPIs began changing and then the, the um, performance metrics, thus the, the, the compensations began, began to change. The nature of what a customer service rep was began to change, you know, and um, all in all, 
everything changed in terms of what the customers expected and demanded. And then, then it became even more interesting because I still remember the one thing a customer that kind of didn't change was that no matter how many channels you were engaged with the customer on, the customer expected a performance level of the best channel, whatever it was. Like, so for example, if you were on Twitter uh, and you got it and Twitter guaranteed an answer within an hour and you got the answer within an hour, then all the other channels, the expectation was you would get an answer no more than an hour, right? Because you could get that on Twitter, right? So that would be phone, that would be email, that wouldn't matter, right? So it was always the expectation of the best possible outcome became what customers wanted, which of course put the pressure on even more. So that it became a point where you had to have these kind of integrated, you know, platform, they had to have these platforms and ecosystems that, uh, and then these like meta systems, which is kind of what, Genesis uh, Engage seems to be that could handle that so that in effect, there was some optimal uniformity and I don't mean real uniformity exactly, but let's, I'm just calling it that for the sake of this, but optimal uniformity in the ability to respond to a customer, which of course then meant that, you know, the customer remained at his or her happiest because you did respond in a timely way according to their, according to their demands and requirements, which is, really fascinating to me and I, I i will say i mean i've you know we've seen like oracle um cx unity and other or pega infinity and some of these other engagement focused um platforms some real progress in you know actual enablement of true engagement versus just a rejiggered crm platform but this is a different approach coming from ironically the call center world originally right it sort of stems from that history but this is from the service side so to speak and um and it's a very different approach but at the same time ultimately satisfies the same level of you know uh of uh happy engagement and thus over you know overarchingly good customer experience so i i, I like i like what they're doing and i honestly that's you know, over the years, I, I didn't have much contact with Genesis because they just really didn't seem like they were um, going to be in my wheelhouse that much other than the pure, you know, contact center side. Um, but here they are right in the heart of everything and doing a really, really interesting job at it too. I, I, I don't want to call it great yet because I haven't seen a product in action and that would be unfair. But at the same time, I am beyond intrigued. And plus, you got a guy like John there. You, well, you and I know him a long time and and – He's he's just a star. So there there's so much on the right track here. Yep. Uh, all I will say is digital transformation uh, was already heading in in integrating call center contact center into you know a customer engagement platform. COVID nineteen has accelerated that, and what I think Genesis is looking to put out with that uh, with their 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 announcement around this the multi cloud is that you got to figure it out as a company. You got to figure it out. And, and companies like Genesis are providing different ways to do it, to ease the, the ability to do it. And so we'll see. It'd be interesting to see how this, uh, how this progresses and, and see how things play out. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, 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 to me, it's like one of the first actual, as I said, like meta systems, you know, which is really fascinating to even see one. So uh, I'm going to be very curious as to see how this, plays out and, and very intrigued. And, uh, you know, I think, honestly, given what John described, at least, 
they're probably going to be pretty successful at. All right. We got to go, but we have also posted the full conversation with John Hernandez. Uh, we'll post a link to that. We'll actually put the uh, embedded into the CRM players group on LinkedIn and we'll, you know, make sure you get a link to it. So we, we want you to check it out because we only touched on it and there was a lot to that conversation, including a term that you, you said that they were the IAAS for IAAS. I'm not going to let you explain it right now because you explain it on the video, but check it out and you get a chance. And on that note, we'll be back tomorrow for excuse the intrusion sports. We just like talking about sports. I don't know if we know what we're going to talk about, but we'll be talking about. We'll worry about tomorrow. A week from tomorrow, though, we have looks like Steve Reese, CIO of the Phoenix Suns. So that will be a show and a half. That guy is amazing. Yeah, better get your sleep before Steve comes on. That's <laughs> anyway, I'm Brent Leary. I'm Paul Greenberg. We are the CRM players, and we'll see you tomorrow. Au revoir.